Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. Farrell on the bench with you. So uh, they got the ball back with 44 seconds left. The Bears, they finally, uh, you know, stopped the Vikings. And then uh, the first thing I thought was, okay, Kyler Murray got the ball with 34 seconds left. Right, Carver High? Isn't that about right? And he was able to uh, get it to midfield and then throw to Hail Mary and win the game. Falls gets the ball with 44 seconds left at the 25. He drops back on the first play, gets mauled and body slammed, and still tried to throw the pass after he was getting mauled, almost threw an interception at the line. Right at the right, the, the linemen were eating him a lot, and he tried to like throw the ball, and it went about a yard and almost threw a pick. And then what happened to him? He got body slammed, and now he's laying motionless on the field. He's done. Put a fork in him. He can't even get up. So Foles is hurt, and I know this is mean, but, I mean, now, you know, this guy Bray's coming in. They have no chance. The game's over. But, you know, look on the bright side. Maybe Foles won't be able to play anymore. So they don't have to watch him uh, just get worse by the week. I mean, he just he just gradually gets worse every game they play. He's so awful. Like, as I'm watching him drop back on first down, you're 44 seconds left. Now, grant you, I'll give you that the offensive line needs to do a better job of blocking for this guy. They got to get a bunch of passes off. At least five passes in 44 seconds. They got to throw to the sideline. They got to move down the field. And they got to get a Hail Mary or, you know, whatever from at least midfield or the 40. And instead, they got their quarterback getting carried off on a stretcher now on the field. And, I mean, he listen, he threw for 106 yards tonight and an interception. And he got sacked and had five knockdowns. And now they're wheeling him off to the locker room. You can't even argue with me. This guy's awful. He's awful. I I think they're better off without him. This might be a blessing. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams. And I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys. And I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. 
So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so Tyler Bray came in uh, from Tennessee, replacing Foles after Foles was crippled. And then uh, Tyler Bray threw a five-yard pass over the middle. They had 44 seconds. He threw a five-yard pass over the middle. That took 15, 20 seconds just to just to run that stupid-ass Chicago Bear play. Like, who in their right mind, you're, you've got 44 seconds. The guy comes in, and the first play, he runs. Nagy and Laser is a five-yard pass underneath <laughs> to the running back. And the guy gets tackled after eight yards, right? And it took 20 seconds to do it. When they got the ball back, it was 21 seconds, right? And it was 44 when it started. And then he, he never completed another pass. His passing, Tyler Bray's passing, was it made Foles look great. That's how bad Bray was. Now, people are going to say, oh, he came in ice cold. He never got to warm up. He, he, he never uh, had a chance in that opportunity. Gee, you think? Here's the deal. My point was, I said to uh, Carver High, Tyler Bray played at Tennessee. Does anyone in their right mind remember Tyler Bray being the quarterback at Tennessee? Tyler Bray. I mean, honestly, I couldn't tell you who that is if you paid me. Tyler Bray, for Christ's sakes, where did they find him? You should have seen it. Fourth and 10, he threw the ball, absolutely threw it to no one. He threw it to the sideline. There was no one within 10 yards of the play on fourth and 10. Hail Mary, everybody's thinking, you got to throw a bomb. You got to throw a bomb. No time left in the game. Throw a bomb to the end zone, at least down to the 10 or 5-yard line, throw a bomb. Anything could happen, you know, a la DeAndre Hopkins. But this guy couldn't even throw the ball 5 yards. I mean, he threw a couple of out patterns. He threw it to the sideline, and then he overthrew another guy. I mean, this guy was so bad, he made Foles look good. And Foles threw for 105 yards in the game. I mean, I am not even kidding you when I tell you their season is over. Five and five. They were five and one. Now they're five and five. And it doesn't matter if Nagy calls the plays. It doesn't matter if Laser calls the plays. It doesn't matter if Trubisky's in, Foles is in. It definitely matters if Bray's in because he's like a Pop Warner quarterback. I don't know what I just saw, but that guy, I mean, you talk about coming in ice cold. He might as well have been drunk. He was so bad. I mean, he was so bad. The guy, when, when he put his helmet on, I went, Bray. I go, who's that? <laughs> I go, this guy has no chance whatsoever of doing anything. Meanwhile, yesterday, Kyler Murray got the ball back with 34 seconds left, went the length of the field and threw a Hail Mary to Hopkins, and they won the game over Buffalo. You can't even – that's exactly what happened. They got the ball back with 34 seconds left on, a, I think, a kickoff, right? And then they got it at the 25, and the guy just started slinging it. And they got up to midfield, and then he made the play. So it was quick. Quick passes to the sideline, quick passes. 
you know, quick outs. And they got up to the 50 and made the play. This guy, Bray, tonight, I mean, it, it was so bad. I mean, honestly, it was so bad. I was like, what is happening here? And then all I saw was at the end, their season's over. Season's over. It doesn't matter if, if Trubisky's shoulder gets better. Bray, can you imagine next week the Bears are playing and uh, if Foles can't go, if that Bray guy's going to play? To watch the line move. I mean, it'll soar. They're lucky. The one, the one lucky thing they have is they are on the bye next week, so they're going to uh, have some time. I believe they're on the bye, and then they play the Packers on Sunday Night Football Thanksgiving weekend. So another prime time game for the Chicago Bears, Scotty. I know you're excited for that. It doesn't matter where that game is played whatsoever. The Packers will kill the Bears. Kill them. Can you imagine Aaron Rodgers losing to Nick Foles or to Tyler Bray? That's not happening. Did uh, Aaron Rodgers lose to Mullins? No. He's not losing to, you know what? That's what Nick Foles is. He's Mullins. He's so awful. Did you see? I mean, honestly, like when he threw that ball away, when he got sacked and got hurt, he actually tried to throw the ball. He was getting mauled, and he tried to throw the ball. And guess what was going to happen? If it wasn't to the fumble fingers defensive lineman, it would have been picked off in five seconds because all those guys have just absolutely no chance to catch a pass. They're fumble fingers. All I know is Fall still tried to throw it. That's what's you know, he's stupid. Like, I'm just sitting there watching him going, oh, God, he's going to try to throw it anyway because he's getting mauled. You got to tuck it, go down, take your lumps, get up, and go. Right? Am I wrong? Carver High, seriously, did you see him try to throw it at the last second? Like, it would have been picked off for sure. Yeah, I don't know what he was thinking there. He's trying to make a play. He got crunched uh, out of the game. My thing with Bray is, and this goes for a lot of backup quarterbacks, you know, you come in the game, there's no time left. I mean, under a minute, you're trying to do something miraculous. And they are always, uh, and I know they're they're cold, they're not warmed up, they're always checking down. Like, if I would just go in the game, look at your fastest guy, whether on the Bears, it's Miller. I mean, Robinson's their best receiver, but I wouldn't call him their fastest guy. I look at my fastest guy and I go, listen, bro, up post to the middle, I'm throwing it 40, 50 yards downfield. Try to make a play, try to draw a flag. You know how these, uh, we were talking about how awful these refs are. Why sit around and try to just go, just chuck it up there and see what happens? What do you got to lose? So maybe something good happens, and then you stay in the game. God, they are so awful. I can't even – I can't watch this. I have to get off of this. I can't even do it. I cannot watch highlights of this game. I, I can't do it. I'm going to – I'm just going to jump. Game? There can't be that many highlights. Well, you know, they're showing uh, – it's the post game, so they go yeah, right know, into – they go into that, Van Pelt, game, and he talks about – a lot of highlights in it. Well, he goes into it. They do an hour festival of, of uh, they treat every game like it's the Super Bowl. So when the game's over, they do an entire like half hour expose with Van Pelt and the winning team. And they just uh, and he just sucks up to him and does interviews paying, and tells them paying how a great lot of money for that NFL coverage, paying a lot of money. Well, fair enough. So I get it. So what I do is I dive off of that channel and I'm out of there. See you later. 
I'd rather watch, honestly, I'd rather put Anderson Cooper on and see how they're going to get Trump out of the White House with the army when they have to get him out of there on January 20th. How many people is it going to take to drag him out of the White House? Uh, it, it really is unbelievable. Uh, so anyway, um, I want to get your thoughts on uh, what we were talking about earlier, and that is uh, this, you know, NBA trade opening season. Yes. You know, it opened today, right? So, you know, you've heard uh, Mitch Lawrence tonight talking about, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook, that the Knicks are interested, blah, blah, blah. You heard him talking about Harden to the Nets, possibly. Uh, what's it going to be like to play with Kyrie and, and Durant? And uh, that I guess that's my uh, question. Do you think that he can actually play with Kyrie and uh, Durant? I, You know, Mitch basically said he could definitely play with Durant, and the two of them together could light it up. But there's no way he's going to uh, bow down to Kyrie Irving and give him the ball. I mean, what is Kyrie? Kyrie has the ball at all times. Why? If you're going to have uh, Harden, and I know this sounds crazy, but why Why do you need Kyrie Irving? Because here's the deal. Kyrie Irving never stays healthy, right? He plays about 30 games a year. Is that about right? Yeah, and right. then uh, Harden plays every day. He plays every game. So Harden's a, he's a man. Harden. Another re- uh, that's another reason why you'd want to get Harden because Irving plays so little that that's backup in case Irving goes down for the year again. Then you have Harden well, and Durant. Well, so do they have to make a trade with Houston to get him? Yes. Then give him Kyrie Irving. Because I, I need Harden and Durant. That's all I need to win a title. I think it, just the two of them. They, there's no way I believe he can play with Kyrie and Durant. He's a ball hog. The guy, he'll no more pass to Kyrie Irving than fly a kite. He shoots 40 times a game. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. So, uh, do you agree or disagree with me that uh, Harden can't play with Kyrie Irving? I, I just don't see it because Kyrie Irving is a, uh, you know, he's a crybaby. Is he not? Has he not been painful in the NBA with all of his problems with, I mean, everything? What What is he, you know, Boston and... You know, like let's let's face facts. Has he not been a little bit of a prima donna? 
I mean, honestly. Oh, and then he went no question. to the, and, and what did he do with the Nets besides nothing? What did he do? He never played. So now all of a sudden he's going to come back and let, uh, he's going to let Harden control the rock for the whole game. What's he going to do? Pick his nose? No, look, I, I think that Kyrie is the, is the thing that you have to wonder about here. I, I don't know what Kyrie's mindset is. You know, James Harden, for as much as of a ball hog that he is, he does have some motivation here. He does not have a ring. And it's something that all NBA, all-time players and superstars are matched up and, and how they are ranked. You know, do you have rings? And right now, James Harden does not have one. So he has some skin in the game in terms of needing to make something work. Kyrie has his ring. He's got his money. He's now in Brooklyn where he wanted to play. I, I don't know. And he wants he wants to rock. You know, he wants his. Durant, I feel, has some he's gonna have a little chip on his shoulder being out for, you know, a year and a half, two years. Uh and Durant, you saw him in in Golden State already play with other guys who needed the ball, and you can tell that Durant knows what he's doing and he and he'll do it. Kyrie is the is the issue. And when we've seen super teams, we know that guys have to sacrifice. They just do. Um, and we've seen ones go together where guys don't sacrifice and it blows up. And we've seen them where they do sacrifice and they win. I'd be worried about Kyrie in this situation. I'm with you. I think that Harden and Durant can absolutely work because it's a different style. I think Russell and, and Harden didn't work because they're they're kind of the same you know, player. They both need to hold the ball. They both need to take the, the majority of shots. They both want control. Durant was in a situation where, you know, he had Steph who always had the ball and Clay got his. And I think Durant knows how to mix in with other guys. Um, I, I think that Kyrie and, and Harden would be a very weird mix. So, look, when when Durant played with the Warriors, who seldom come out to play, yeah, uh, when he played with them, he knew that it was simple. Uh, the ball was going to go through him. And then he could kick it out to Steph at the top or Clay on the wings or corners, right? Uh, he could get the ball. If he couldn't score, he could always find the two of them and there'd be a, a basket buried, right? He knew how to play with two great shooters. That's what they are. Uh, Curry and, and Clay are shooters, flat out, no questions asked. Now, the difference between that and this is, is that. Um, Kyrie Irving is the same thing as Russell Westbrook was to Harden. In other words, uh, they both demand the ball at all times, and it didn't work in Houston. It didn't work because Russell Westbrook was miserable playing with uh, James Harden, even though they're lying to you and that you fall for it. And the other day they showed a picture of him uh, on his birthday, it was Russell, uh, his birthday, like Wednesday or Thursday, right? And so uh, Harden sent him a happy birthday uh, Instagram, right? And he's like, then they showed a, in the picture of the uh, the card, the happy birthday uh, Instagram, He they showed a photo of him chilling and hanging out together, right? That they were boys and that uh, they were laughing and chilling and they weren't playing basketball. They were like... Uh, you know, chilling either on the road, in a hotel, whatever, just hanging out. And you could tell they were friends. But I am telling you, without a doubt, in my opinion, because it's simple, 
when you play with two great players, there's, you know, you either enjoy when the other guy scores or you don't. In other words, great players want the ball at all times. They don't want to share the pie. They don't want to let someone else steal their their vig and their juice. Bottom line is, is that you can be boys all you want, but when you play, like the other day, I played uh, in on Sunday against some really good players, right? And on this one team I played, and my team had won like five in a row. And uh, we played this one team finally that had these two great players, and they're both guards. And one of them's a ball handler and a driver and a slasher, and he gets to the 10 and does amazing things with both hands under the basket. He can shoot with his left hand, right hand, he can reverse it, he can do all this, he can get up in the air and swing and kiss it off the glass with some jimmy spin and it goes in and he creates all this chaos when he goes up and he doesn't have a shot he'll like no look it to somebody and they'll finish whether it's me or somebody else he always finds the the guy cutting or the guy open under the basket for the last second shot but he was playing with this other guy that's really good and he's more of a um uh kind of a dribble drive shooter right so he gets space and shoots so he'll get the ball dribble 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 Space shot, make it. And this guy's a really good dribble drive scorer. And he and when he shoots, he makes it. He doesn't. He's not a. He's not a misser. He doesn't go out and hit. You know, uh, six of ten. He hits nine of ten. And uh, I could tell that. You know, they beat us. They beat us. But I could tell that the one guy made like the game was to ten, and he made eight of the ten baskets. And I could tell the other guy wasn't happy. I could, it was written all over his face that he wasn't, he wasn't controlling it. He wasn't the guy with the ball. He wasn't the guy doing all the scoring. The other guy was. So my point is, is that great players that unless they're complete bros, like absolute best of teammates and friends where they're like, I want you to succeed. I want you to go off. I don't care about getting mine. As long as you're going off and we're winged, that's all that matters to me. And I think Curry and Thompson have that relationship. And I don't think Harden and Westbrook had it at all. I really don't. And if I'm wrong, then uh, take a good look because it's over in Houston. Take a good look. They all ran their separate ways because they knew that their little small ball factory wasn't working anymore. They weren't producing enough wool. Bottom line is, is that they didn't win. It didn't work. D'Antoni didn't work. They fired him. Uh, Maury, they didn't work. He left for the Sixer job. But I told you that they were going to get rid of him, too. When, when I said, I cannot believe Tillman Fertitta is going to put up with this from either uh, – the coach or the GM. I said, I cannot believe that he's just going to keep losing and nothing's going to change. Instead, I was right. I don't even, I'm not even trying to be right in that not only were those two done, and I said it on Coast to Coast and Pharrell on a bench for months. They're, if they don't win, they're done. It's going to end. They're going to fire both of them. Sure enough, they're both gone. I don't care how it happened. One left on his own, the other one. Uh, walked away amicably. I don't believe any of that. They were going to get rid of both of them, right? And then what happened on top of that? On top of that, I was right about this too. Those two don't like playing with each other. That's all there is to it because one's an absolute, they're, well, they're both ball hogs. They're both hero ball ISO uh, players. And it just can't, it can't be. It doesn't work. You cannot have two guys that are ISO hero ball players. It's all me, 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 I, I, I. 
and they never get rid of the rock. Now, I won't deny that Harden and Westbrook have a lot of triple doubles. You know why? Because they have the ball 99.7% of the time. If you have the ball 99% of the time and everything goes from your fingertips either into the basket or into someone else's hands into the basket, it's easy to get a triple-double when you control every shot and every pass, right? I mean, you can't even argue with that, right? If you play 40 minutes a night and you have the ball 99% of the time, if you don't have at least a double-double with scoring and assists as a point guard, then you suck. Bottom line is, name any team that has a guy that has the ball 99% of the time. Because that's exactly what Harden has, right? And that's what Westbrook's used to as well. When he was in Oak City, he had the ball 99% of the time. Did he not? Can't even argue with Carver High. So then he goes to Houston. What happens? He has the ball 99% of the time as long as Harden's not in the game, which is never. Okay? So I never thought it would work. I said it wouldn't work. And I said that on the air that they don't like each other as players playing together because they're both too big a ball hog to give the other guy to rock. So that marriage ended. And then they lie through their teeth and they tell you um, they're boys. And this is, uh, you know, a culture thing. You know what? Here's a culture thing, a throat culture, okay? When they go down and swab out your throat and see if you have strep throat, that's a culture thing. You know what I'm sick of in sports nowadays? Everybody's talking about the culture, okay? I'm going to talk about the culture for you right now. Here's the culture. They couldn't stand playing with one another because they're both ball hogs. And hero ball, iso ball, you know, extraordinaire ball hogs, okay? Never going to work. So my point, again, is that Harden's going to go to the Nets and share the rock with crybaby Kyrie, who cried his way out of Cleveland, cried his way out of Boston, and now he's in uh, Brooklyn. You know what he's going to do when Harden comes around? He's going to cry his way out of that gig because that's what he does. That's his M.O. Carver, can you even argue this? No, I cannot. Uh, you're spot on. Uh, I think that it's a bad mix with those two. Very bad mix. I mean, honestly. And here's another one. If he goes to Philadelphia, <laughs> there's no way Simmons is going to stay there. Because then Simmons isn't going to get the ball anymore. He's the guy that has to have the ball. All right, Pharrell and Avenge. Uh, so uh, I was talking about it before. And uh, the Harden thing. And uh, I just, you know, I don't even think it's going to, uh, uh, you know, I, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it when they put Harden with Kyrie and Durant and that it works. I could definitely see Harden with Durant. And I think the two of them could do great things if they had, you know, but I think, I don't know what it's going to take to get him. Levert, Harris. Uh, you know, Allen, there's no way they're just getting James Harden for fun. <laughs> you know, it's just not going to, it's not going to work that way. But I know this, uh, you know, it's going to take some magic. It's going to take some finagling, some work and some players. And, and it's going to take a deal because I don't uh, see that just being like magically happening. And then it's all going to work like gravy. I just don't believe it. And uh, I have to see uh, the one I'm interested in. I don't even care 
I don't even care if Harden ends up with the Nets. I know that's the big flavor of the day, but let's see it happen, and then let's see it roll out. I want to see him play. We're going to see Durant coming back from an Achilles tear, and we're going to see Kyrie coming back from his usual vacation where he never plays. So I'll believe it when I see it, right? Fair enough. And then the other one, finally, here's a deal. Uh, The Pelicans send their star guard, Drew Holiday to the Milwaukee Bucks for Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and draft compensation. So that deal just went down uh, tonight. Pelicans send uh, their uh, star guard to the Bucks for Bledsoe and George Hill. Now, look, I-, I think Drew Holiday is a great player. I really do. I think he's phenomenal. And, you know, he was just being wasted anymore in New Orleans, if you ask me, because of, um, you know, the team that they have where it's, it's, it's Ingram and Zion Williamson are all that matter on that team. And then they got all this other uh, stuff like Hart and uh, Alonzo Ball and all these pieces, right? JJ Redick, right? Am I wrong? So the bottom line is they got rid of Drew Holiday, which I think they'll frankly regret because, I think he's a great player, and I think he's going to be way better than uh, Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. Now, I think that the it's going to be interesting to see what the Pelicans do with George Hill because he can ball. George Hill can shoot threes. He can ball. He can get to the rack. He does everything. And then I think Bledsoe is uh, – I, I think Bledsoe is trash. I really do. I, I just – I thought one of the reasons the Bucs don't win uh, in the playoffs and don't make it to the NBA Finals and don't win the Eastern Finals is because Bledsoe sucks. I, I just, I don't think he's a great player. I think what happened was, in my opinion, not that I know anything, I think when he was in college, he was a great player because uh, his body was different, fair enough. I think that in the pros, he got too bulky and muscular for my taste as a you know, it's a true point, right? You know what I mean? In college, he was a, a speedy. I thought he was a very fast attack, dribble drive point guard that created a lot off the dribble. And I thought he got into some space and made plays, right? It's not that Bledsoe can't play, but I thought he got too ripped. You know what I mean? I think it changed his body. I could be wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Go watch him play at Kentucky and then go watch him play with the Bucs. And it, it, with the Bucs, he was just a big muscle lug. And I never thought that's who he was when he played at Kentucky when he was a badass and when everybody thought so highly of him. When it mattered in the playoffs, what did Bledsoe do for the Bucs besides absolutely nothing? And when you look at the uh, Pelicans, Holiday's a badass. He's a badass player that can do all kinds of things, defend, score. He does it all. And I think the Bucs are going to be way better off with uh, Drew Holiday than they were with Bledsoe. Now, the thing with Hill, I think Hill can ball flat out, right? But the fact remains about him is that he's an older player, right? And I still think Drew Holiday's got a lot of uh, gas in the tank. And I think George Hill's still got some years left in the tank. It'll be interesting to see what they do with those players. If they're going to, you know, actually keep them or move them again. Cause now that they have them, they can do whatever they want with them. Right. Are they going to move them again? Or are they going to play them and keep them? Cause there was a lot of talk. Do they want to keep Lonzo ball? 
I think Lonzo Ball's turned into a, a much better player in New Orleans than he was with the Lakers, without a doubt. I think Ball's speed and, and passing ability and playmaking ability is why they have him. He's not a scorer. Stop trying to make uh, Lonzo Ball a three-point shooter. Stop it. He's not. He's never going to be a three-point shooter. He's not a shooter. He's not a pure shooter at all. What he is is a true point that moves the ball, creates uh, – with space and speed and makes plays. He makes passes and dimes. That's what he does. That's who he is. He can make layups. He can dunk. He can do all this. But what he really is is no-look vision, uh, playmaking vision, uh, space vision to make plays. Like, he creates space and, and plays off of his abilities and handle. I think he – I still like his game. I think his brother – LaMelo is a better player than him, definitely a better shooter than him. And he's got the same playmaking abilities with the rock and the handle and dishing and no looks as his brother. But that's who Lonzo is. And I got to tell you, I think uh, I think Lonzo Ball plays better than Eric Bledsoe. I think he's faster, better with the ball, better handle, better passer for sure. And I think Bledsoe probably puts it in the hole better than Lonzo Ball scoring wise. But I don't like Bledsoe's ability to shoot or any kind of touch either. Not at all. I don't like that at all. But George Hill can hit from anywhere and he can drive and he's got speed and he can finish. He can defend. George Hill can still do it all. George Hill's a better player than Bledsoe, too, in my opinion. So at the end of the day, the Bucks win getting Holiday to put him with Giannis, and that's all there is to it. And I guarantee you they do better with Holiday than they ever did with Bledsoe and Hill. Well, they just had Bledsoe and Hill, and they didn't do Jack the last two years, right? So now you're going to get a fresh start with Drew Holiday and Giannis, and I say they have a much better chance in the Eastern Finals with those two playing and the rest of the pieces on that team uh, and the size, the Lopez's, and whoever else they get and whoever they draft. I think they'll they'll be better with uh, Drew Holiday. Carver, I would you agree with that? Do you think Drew Holiday is better than uh, Hill and and Bledsoe? Yes, I do. I think that this is the move that the Bucks had to make. They needed to change something after the last two years. This is a monster move for them. Changes their team. They need to do something to shake things up. Well, they're going to shake it up, all right, because they just did. Marenzi's up next with Sports Rage. Uh, Marenzi, do you like, well, first of all, full socks. I want to say that right out of the gate. And do you like, I like Drew Holiday way better than I like Bledsoe and George Hill. I, I think George Hill's better than Bledsoe too. But Bledsoe, I think, held the Bucks back. I think Holiday's a much better player. I think he'll do way better with Giannis. Let me just uh, say first, uh, Scotty, as far as Nick Foles uh, is concerned, uh, yeah, he's a nice guy. People always talk about what a nice guy is. Cam Stewart's also a nice guy. Doesn't mean he's going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Nick Foles blows, bro. No, like, seriously, I just, I was thinking, is he the worst quarterback ever to win a Super Bowl? People talk about Trent Dilfer all the time. I looked up the numbers, and Dilfer was pretty bad. So I'm going to have to, like, you're lucky. You're lucky, Foles. But he's right up there. Like, you know, Brad Johnson makes Nick Foles look good. What a fleece job. Nick Foles is stealing money, bro. Ryan Pace is the worst general manager in the history of general managers. The Bears make the Jets look good. Like, they really do. And between right. Carson Wentz and Nick Foles, like, how do these two clowns win a Super Bowl, Scotty? They couldn't win a Liberty Bowl now. As far as Holiday, I agree, guys. I like Holiday's game better than Bledsoe. Bledsoe doesn't make a lot of money, though. He, makes, he, he wasn't making a lot of money. I don't like Middleton. Middleton makes too much money there for what they get out of him. Milwaukee are sort of like just desperate. The GM will do anything. 
you know, to try to make Giannis happy at the time. Right. And I think it's going to backfire. I think they overpaid uh, big time. Nice, but listen, it's one of these deals where you guys are right. The Bucks are a better basketball team right now. And the Pelicans fleeced them and got a million picks out of this and got and got Bledsoe, who's a tough little player. He's just not going to put you over the top. So I think both teams sort of win, but it's pretty clear that the GM is going all in right now to keep Giannis happy. Right. I, look, I, I think Bledsoe, when he was in college, he didn't have all this this rip muscle. He got so big as an NBA player and so much weight and muscle that he added. I think it ruined his game. When he was a speedy player at Kentucky, yeah, he did yeah, not yeah. play this game at all. I thought he held him back. I never thought he was good with the Bucks the last couple of years. In fact, I thought he I, I thought he kind of ruined him. All right, have a great show, Marenzi. Uh, Carver High, good job tonight. I'm Pharrell. I'll see you tomorrow on Coast to Coast at 4 p.m. Eastern. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.